Songe Zomapete on SAFM. Well, tell us more, please, about the Moleskine Foundation. We have Mr. Papa Baden, who is the program officer, not of Wikipedia, not of WikiLeaks either. That's Julian Assange's territory, but of course on Wiki Africa. Good evening, Papa. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here. It is indeed a pleasure to have you. First things first, now that we'll be talking about the Wiki Africa platform and COVID-19, are you happy? Are you safe? Have you got enough to eat? Are you sheltered and people that you love and are close to you are relatively unscathed? Yes, um, I'm happy. I'm safe. I have to admit I'm one of the very few fortunate people who, I mean, not too few, but... Uh, Italy was hit pretty hard. Sure. And here, you know, my family, my loved ones are safe. My partner, my son is safe. Uh, her family is safe. And my family back in uh, also Ghana and the UK are safe as well. So, um, you know, we're blessed. I'm, I'm fortunate. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you very much. Let's talk then about the inspiration behind the Wiki Africa platform. Very novel, very necessary. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I think uh, the inspiration behind the platform, um, it took some time. It took some time to, to iterate and to um, really move. But it all started, I guess, with a bold idea, as most things do. So here, the main aim was how do we support and uh, let's say foster um, knowledge production in African languages? Um, this came about, and you know, the actual project conception goes as far back as let's say 2006, um, and it's been very iterated over the years. Um, the project conception uh, really led us to a point where uh, the intellectuals who were involved, um, our, uh, you know, most consolidation to president, Maria um, Sabizondi, we had a few intellectuals uh, extending involved as well, uh, and researchers who were really trying to think of a way to move forward um, our, uh, let's say, not just understanding uh, of the African continent, but really find a way to help um, create a tool that could allow Africans to own the narrative about Africa. And how better to do that than in African languages as well? If you're not telling your own story, then you're not really in control of it. Maybe you don't have access to it. And maybe you start to believe these simple narratives which are put up there by people who maybe don't understand our history uh, as much as Africans do or, or... um, maybe, you know, have ulterior motives. Uh, so the tool, the idea, was to really create a, a movement of uh, organizations, institutions, businesses, uh, and uh, people that would help to foster um, production of knowledge in African languages. And to do this, uh, I have to say, um, creating some of the impact that we have last year uh, going on to early this year, due to now, we're super grateful to be doing this alongside such great partners as uh, Constitution Hill, you know, who are um, absolutely incredible and true uh, knowledge producers themselves, who've really given 
our efforts um, a huge boost and amazing amount of predictable fresh uh, vitality. Talking about vitality and freshness thereof, let's now engage your Mr. Perry Mason Adams, who's one of the volunteers on this Wiki Africa platform as it launches this particular campaign or goes on with its campaign to get COVID-related information and content, in particular in the languages of the continent. Good evening, Perry Mason. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Fangezo. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Excellent. Tell us about your involvement in the Wiki Africa platform as it, con- as it, as it specifically deals with COVID-19 and the content that you're looking to generate for more access points on behalf of the people of the continent. All right. Um, so I first got introduced to, to the foundation in early January of this year at Constitutional Hill in Bramfontein, Johannesburg where the foundation hosted an Afro-curation event uh, themed Writing Black Women into History. So 12 female artists and activists erased by history, essential to South African culture. I remember being so blown away uh, by this initiative um, that I made it a point, you know, that I kept in contact with the foundation uh, so that I would be involved um, with similar um, initiatives in the future. So yeah, um, I've been following the foundation uh, ever since, you know, because uh, I just felt like this um, is a much needed um, uh, initiative and work, you know. So what do you do in the foundation? What is your work typically, since you've been involved, what are the things that have come through on your plate and ultimately contributed to the COVID-19 related information being on the platform? Uh, So basically what I've I've done was uh, translate um, information on on the COVID, you know, into um discourse and also in Isizulu. And yeah, and, and the information was put on online on Wikipedia. Um yeah. You know novel as that is that it's not probably gonna come without its challenges because a lot of the COVID related content is for the well not for the most part for but for a lot of the part scientific. Are, are, are the Kosa and Zulu languages, or is the English language, as the case may be, sufficiently dexterous or flexible to be able to have terms that are used in the local language from the science of the language of English in relation to COVID-19? Um, it definitely is not. Um, so in that regard, I've had to consult um, a lot of my friends and, you know, professionals, um, you know, who, who would help me with, um, you know, uh, uh, what you say, um, coining, coining terms, you know, that are relevant in, in our native languages. And how has that task been? I mean, <clears throat> it's been, it's been like, it's been, um, yeah, like I've learned so much in the process. Hey? Like I've learned, it's been so rewarding. Papa, let me come back to you because I think this is an important aspect because you talked about the fact that oftentimes perspective is what has been lacking from the African story or the African narrative, so to speak, on other platforms, hence the need for Wiki Africa and specifically the drive behind generating African content. But of course, it's not without challenges, number one. I mean, from what you were saying earlier on, that content itself could be written by somebody who has 
undesirable ends or mischievous ends, so to speak. Equally, the point that Perry sure. Mason has just raised in terms of translating services, specifically COVID-19 information and scientific as it is, into a language of Isikosa and Isizulu, where perhaps there aren't even fully well-developed scientific terms in those languages, especially in the context of COVID, for such terms and such information to still be accessible and used by those speakers of such languages? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great point that you've raised. And I think, to be honest, my way of answering it would just be um, everything will go well once the power is in the hands of the people. What do I mean by that? What I'm trying to say is we... So as Moskin Foundation, uh, the basic premise would finally believe that creativity, we believe in creativity for social change. That's our mission. The work that we're doing on Wikipedia to get young Africans to, uh, you know, foster and encourage them to be knowledge producers and write in African languages, we're stimulating critical thinking, we're stimulating a creative capacity, we're stimulating a capacity for agency. And so... There is a moment where um, people like um, Perry, who have helped with this, who can uh, get in there and coin some terms. We were speaking to um, uh, some uh, people, I remember just this call we had, uh, speaking about uh, the coining of terms, which also needed to be done in English. It's fine. Uh, Because language is something which evolves with us. It needs to be alive. It needs to be preserved. It needs to be... Um, relevant to now, you know, in, in a very contemporary sense. And so if someone elsewhere, you know, middle of California wants to write an article um, which is irrelevant, inaccurate, or whatever, it is up to the owners of that language, the speakers of that language, to take responsibility for it and to do something. And I think it's great that we've had people like uh, Wikimedia ZA, who have also been project partners to not just show how the tool is used, but really get people behind the mindset and uh, the approach uh, towards uh, Wiki. So it's it's been great to, to, to bring sure. that to the forefront as well. Sure. No, that's fantastic. I think we're going to carry on with that last point of the, the responsibility now of those languages that perhaps are underrepresentative in the general discourse and what they must do to be, so to speak, represented. Let's take an ad break. We're it. Viewpoint on SAFM with Songe Zomapeke. Monday to Thursday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. We are back, 21-24, Mr. Papa Baden and Mr. Perry Mason Adams in the respective capacities of Program Officer of the Moleskine Foundation as well as volunteer at the same institution. This is a discussion on the African narrative, the Wiki Africa platform and advancing knowledge production in African languages, particularly the campaign that speaks to COVID-19 and COVID-19-related information. Perry Mason, let me come back to you on the last point that Papa had raised, the collective responsibility of those languages that, if you like, in the mainstream are not represented. What can you tell us about this? Because the fact that you are able now to engage in both the English and Zulu and Kosa languages through your translation services, among other things that you do, perhaps it does speak to that more of 
the African languages that do not enjoy that prominence, open, close quote, prominence in such spaces. What is their role? What is the role that they should be playing? The Languages Board, for instance, might have a responsibility, as well as the Department of Education, potentially, as well as um, the, the Department of Health in making sure this information is accessible to the people. Um, definitely, I'd say um, we need to create more awareness, more awareness, um, and create more of these sort of platforms. You know, there's a need for more of these platforms um, because we do have um, talent and young people that are willing, you know, to share this information and to, um, you know, use and preserve, you know, our culture online. You know, because we spend so much time, you know, on our phones, on the internet, so. Definitely, I feel like um, we we need we need more awareness and more initiatives. Yeah. Whose responsibility is it? Because you've got the platform that's there, and if the people are organised, they can in effect channel resources to where they are most needed. When you say people need to be organized or we need to be more organized, who should be taking the initiative in that? Because yesterday we had a conversation with one of the members of or an independent commentator in relation to the best of times, the worst of times, and this is what COVID can do for us. And in that conversation, it became pretty clear that Africans need to record however they wish to record, but nonetheless record their own perspectives. This is pretty much something in the same vein. The question is, who should take the lead in that organization that you speak of? Uh, definitely the, the Department of Education, I think. They're the main drivers all right, let's come, let's come back to you then, Papa Baden, as we look to close the conversation. We'll say thanks to you, Mr. Perry Mason Adams. All the best for the rest of your work as you continue to volunteer and offer such critical services in making sure that the people get access to critical information on COVID-19. You might want to actually get hold of Chris Vick, who's also involved somewhat in this campaign in making sure that the government's messages is packaged in such a manner that it is accessible to those on the periphery. The name is Chris Vick. He's, down, he's doing something similar to what you're doing, and I think there might be synergies that you might exploit in that regard. Finally, Papa Baden, I understand you are in Europe right now, specifically Italy? Specifically Milan, sir. Specifically How is Milan. that going? Because, I mean, you're in, a, you're in a rather dangerous place to be, globally speaking. <laughs> it's, um, to be honest, it, it's like things are getting a lot better, you know? The levels are um, going down and uh, people are um, a little bit tired of the lockdown, but we're still trying to follow procedures. So in terms of my health and well-being, you know, health system here is, I, I can't, shouldn't knock it too much. It's, it's, it's pretty great. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good. No, we do um, appreciate that. It's just surreal, like being very much here in a physical sense whilst trying to uh, engage and coordinate with this movement, which is, you know, touching the diaspora and across the continent. It's quite a surreal experience being everywhere digitally, but here physically. Sure. Can you tell us more about the diaspora and the experience of those who would rather be at home, like in South Africa, who are like you in Europe at this time? How much of an engagement have you had with that critical community? Wow. Um, well, I can tell you uh, for sure that um, a lot of people from the diaspora have connected with us uh, over this project because we... Um, all felt a certain sense of justice to the accessibility point we're talking about. To say, listen, I am where I am physically, 
Um, I and some people even we 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 appreciate where we are. We love where we are. But the point of you know having Africa in your heart and wanting to to do something for uh, you know your your spiritual home and 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 for some people that where they actually call home as well. Uh, so a lot of people united with us to to try and really work on that dream of um, making sure there could be a place that one day a kid from the outskirts of an area uh, could pick up their phone and without too much trouble just access knowledge in their language. Sure, sure. This should not be uh, this should not be a ridiculous idea. This it, it's it's right there in Article 19 on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Absolutely. About the accessibility to the information. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I truly believe that it's, um, it, it's something that we're trying to address with this program. There are many uh, great asymmetries that lie with just language. Just language alone can create so many inequalities because of the community's inability or advantages in being able to engage information through the effective use of language. Talking about that because you said it shouldn't be something far-fetched to access this information in one's language. Isaac says, Hi Song is a good initiative to, prom to promote indigenous languages. Will Siswati be considered for this noble idea? And I would imagine the broader question to what Isaac is saying, how can people get more involved to ensure people like him and their languages are represented? Uh, Isaac, what I would say to you is um, it's really simple. Sign up and write. Sign up and write. You go to uh, moleskinfoundation.org forward slash COVID slash campaign. Sign up and write. Excellent. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Papa Baden. We have to cut you there because our program time has come sure. to an end. Your contributions are much appreciated. Please continue being safe to you and your colleague, Perry Mason Adams. 2131, everybody. That's the show, folks. We go to our book reading.